Hello, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Peter Clark of Grindstein Records and Stranglebar. How are you, Pete? Not so bad, and yourself? Great, I'm delighted, man. I'm just thrilled to be up in Belfast, and the weather is great as well, so happy days. Yeah, pleasant change. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm a bit a bit hungover from last night. Um, I was at the Elder Druid album launch. Oh, yeah. My God, what a night. There was some fantastic bands there, and the boys, Elder Druid, just slayed it like yeah yeah absolutely great band yeah and it was very unusual as well um, that they had two bass players as well playing with them mm-hmm. um, so it just added to the heaviness I was about to say yeah, <laughs> War and, Syndrome and I was never at the Voodoo Lounge as well and what a great venue mm-hmm. oh it's brilliant so it is you yeah. know. it was jammed Yeah, big big crowd there last night mm-hmm. which is great for the lads you know well sterling line up at the end of the day you know so yeah and shout out to Andy as well in Hornets he was uh, doing sound oh right okay yeah. I think he videotapes a lot of those gigs as well Yes, we played there um, about two weeks ago, and we ended up with a four-angle video as well. There which you is go. Brilliant. Isn't like, that you a great know, package? Yeah. And like, do you have to pay for that or just? Yeah, end? but it, I think it, um, he worked on a donation, and it was it was pittance. You know, really it was brilliant. Yeah, really, really isn't cool it, service. That's great to have um, for any kind of band, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That, that they yeah, it's, it's a bit of content and from the night is, as well yeah. to put up online. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I look great. It looks yeah. It's really, so really it's beard noise, is it? Is that what he's under? I, I think it's Beard Noise under YouTube. So sure. for anybody to check it out, you know. Grindstein is actually open 10 years nearly. Yeah, and about that, I think this is either it's, this could be its ninth year. I think so. Yeah, right. I think it is. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And still, can you remember just the early days when you started out? Had you yeah, a plan um, or? I think I just joined my previous band, Zombified, at the time. And we were talking about putting a CD out. And at that point, um, just from being in previous bands, I'd kind of learned that you need barcodes and catalog numbers and to do all that. You need a record label to try to get distribution. So I thought to myself, well, this is a pretty good opportunity. I've got a release coming out. Um, we bit of money, so yeah, stuff it. I'll try my hand at starting a label kind of thing, you know. <laughs> okay. um, and it was generally just supposed to be a bit of a vehicle to help the, help the bands yeah. that I was in at the time. I had no idea that it was going to actually even really sign. Yeah, and you, did you run it over your bedroom initially, our house, is it? Yeah, it's literally oh, it's run off a lounge to our coffee table, the lounge, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and try run off a table in the living room, Yeah, you know, um, I still very much is. is it? <laughs> <laughs> Classic. And like at that time, was there other record labels in Belfast and Northern Ireland um, as such? That I remember years ago, there was Mitre Records um, right. run by a friend of mine, uh, John, and then I think one of the guys from Scald, ran okay. an extreme label or distro or something like that right um i can't honestly remember i don't remember knowing of any other death metal or extreme labels right um i'll say belfast maybe northern Ireland. i don't yeah, know yeah. at the time yeah. kind of okay. thing but i remember i don't remember thinking that to compete with anyone you yeah. know so yeah that's fairly daunting what age were you then I think I was 28 whenever I started. Yeah. yeah. And did you kind of do any business courses or anything? Um, okay, yeah, I studied business for about um, four years in total, kind ah, of thing, okay. you know, so. So you were going in with your eyes open to a degree? Aye, I thought so. I thought I knew stuff. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, okay. And, and then found out I didn't, you know, so that was a, it was quite a steep learning curve, you know, it's, um, yeah, there's a lot to it, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so. of course, I suppose you knew of Invictus um, down in Dublin at the time. Yes, if, I was yeah. aware of uh, Invictus because I mean they've been going for years, like you yes, know, um, and Sentinel and uh, Ian Lawless from the Underground Movement. Okay, and he was a massive help. Really, um, setting up. He was whenever me. I was thinking about starting a distro, he was the first person I contacted, and he was okay. he was very helpful. What's his history? What's his background? Um, I'm trying to think. I think he's it's quite a diverse background. I know he played guitar. Right. In, 
Remember? He was involved in the scene anyway. Yeah, oh, oh, very heavily involved yes. in the uh, ground and crust scene, I think. And right. underground movement has been about for years. Okay. You know, so. And he's, is he Belfast based as well? Um, he's, like was he's, he's down in Dublin. Oh, he's down in Dublin. Yeah. Okay, okay. So you were con- in contact with him as well initially? Yes, I think I spoke to um, him first and then another guy called Tom Bradfield from Grind Ethic Records um, over in England. He okay. was very helpful as well. Right. So. And would they have kind of sent um, any bands your way or? Um, it was we signed very different stuff kind of thing. You know, I mean, the likes of Grind Ethic, they were all the really brutal death stuff. Okay. You know, um, <laughs> stuff I hate. <laughs> de- defeated Sanity and um, Terror Drum and okay, so a lot of those bands. Yeah, yeah. Um, I say I think the underground movement would have been the more crusty, grindy kind of things. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, are you kind of into that music, or um, I, I like some. Of it. I like. Uh, wouldn't be massively up on my crust or anything. I like. Uh, I do like grind and uh, the brutal death stuff. Selected ones, right? You okay. know, um, like Cerebral Bore. That's why they okay. were one of the bands on the label as well, kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. You know, yeah. um, to be honest with you, with the amount of genres now, it's insane. I, I get confused as yeah. to. You call something brutal death, and people look at you and go, "I think you'll find that slam." It's like I it never even, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll say when you started off originally, had you set goal in mind in relation to bands that you wanted to distribute for? Like, did you have to approach people? Um, I I didn't originally because at the time it was just like, right, um, I'll put the Zombified CD. Okay. That's it. That, um, yeah, I'll put the Zombified uh, demo out on it, and then at the time, my a friend of mine, Paul, who plays he still does play guitar and cerebral bore they had an album coming out right. and they were just about to go off on tour and needed physical copies of their CD Okay, and he was just like well do you want to do a limited pressing and right. um, we'll just do a tour version of the CD kind of thing right. it's just like right dead on so I did that uh, that was a massive help because cerebral bore were literally coming up at that point kind of thing there was yeah. a lot of hype about them so all of a sudden for them to sign or not to sign a distribution deal with a small label in Northern yes. Ireland kind yeah, of yeah. thing you know sure. and that made working and trading with other labels across the world, like Severed Records and Amputated Vein, that's America, Japan, and okay. everywhere. So it made establishing the label very easy. Yeah, and of course, um, solely reliant on traders through yeah. through the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, how do you build up a client base? Send out a lot of emails or um, so for the trading aspect. I yeah. mean, I get very lucky. Some of the the labels I dealt with, I mean, the likes of say Severed Records and Amputated Vein and Rotten Roll Rex were some of the main ones mm-hmm. um, there was they all I think either they all requ- some of them requested the Cerebral Bore album at the time right. or I just emailed them knowing that they'd be interested in it kind yeah. of thing you know um, and that was the start of the relationship you know yeah. and to be fair they I've traded with them for years kind okay. of thing you know um, and a lot of it was just emailing random yeah. labels going <laughs> I started label I have these two CDs do you want to trade you know yes. yeah. um, and I think I won't say I got lucky because there was quality releases on it, but certainly the Cerebral Bore Maniacal Miscreation at the time, you know, yeah. and people wanted it, so they were happy to trade yeah. kind of thing. And I think because I could then demonstrate that I was reliable and trustworthy, which right. is a massive thing in trading, right. because people do request CDs and then never send and everything else kind of thing. So, mm. you know, so I think it was um, just the building of trust and rapport. And um, what were your best-selling releases? Best-selling releases? Um the one that I put out with Grave Wax Records if it would have been the Extreme Noise Terror album um, Man Must Die Peace Was Never an Option oh yeah I'm delighted actually brought up Man Must Die yeah um, cool the Crawling most recent Crawling one um, mm-hmm. Wolves and the Hideous White um, Basement Torture Killings I can't remember which album not sure if it was something about Beryl or or there's something about Beryl or A Night of Brutal Torture 
Hmm. Um, what else? I think the Desecration one probably would have been, but that was a re-release. So yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah it still counts. Flayed uh, Disciple was another one. It's it, it sold out correctly. And Cancerous Womb. Right. Yeah, there's been, I think, yeah. Extreme Noise Tear and Man Must Die, I think, would have been the yeah. big ones. They're, um, they're a savage band, man. Man Must Die. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal. How did you come across them? Um, I think a mate sent me a link in about, what was it? It must have been about the year 2000. I think the song was called Start Killing or Start the Killing or something okay. like that kind of thing. And it was just, yeah, okay. And it wasn't until I was in MySpace one night and um, they put up Kill It, Skin It, Wear It. And right. I was just like, oh my God, that's, yeah. that is unbelievable. And I listened, must have listened to it about a dozen times in a row going, fucking hell, you know. And I um, bought the album, went to see them a few times and they were looking that they were looking for a label for um, Peace Was Never an Option. And... Uh, yeah, it was just like, I'll chance it. <laughs> and I just sent an email, kind of going like, this is what I can do. And yeah. they said, yeah. And it was a split release between, I can't remember the other label. Right. Um, yeah, and that was that. And then, same with the most recent one. It was just like, look, if you want a hand putting a release out, um, I'll help you with it. So, yeah, I took on a new one as well, Gagging Order. Wow. Which is available from Amazon and everywhere else kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So, But yeah, a, amazing band. Like, um, Yeah. I love them. Jesus. And that's one band that... Um, when I think of the label, it's just it's one of my favorite bands. Have they time. have they played much over in Ireland? Um, they played quite recently with oh who was it? Cannibal Corpse. They, they did the Cannibal Corpse Irish shows. That's what it was. They did. Yeah, you're right. That's and right. Yeah, they were supporting Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. yeah, they played Limerick. Actually, I couldn't yeah. make it. Yeah, and then they and again this is I'd probably go about two years ago when it was actually ten years ago <laughs> I remember them playing I think they supported Machine Head in the Ulster Hall as well really yeah yeah Jeez. in fact that was probably about 2013 <laughs> or something like that you know yeah. Um, but uh, yeah I've seen them a few times and yeah they're amazing a nice band to have on a label alright to be fair and CD pressing where do you get them done um, I kind of do that through myself kind of thing really yeah um, yeah I have a was it well an agent for I ran a CD duplication business pretty much out of my my house for years kind of thing <laughs> you know another thing I've unearthed <laughs> <laughs> and then how did you come about that do you have to kind of um, again I was in bands for years <laughs> I was sick of giving these guys about 200 quid a go for 100 CDs and I thought there's no way they're that expensive I yeah. can do that okay so we just went out and spent Invested I think in the machine time, about 1500 quid on uh, equipment to do like CDRs and things like right. that and then bumped into someone else who also did it, but then they were an agent for a company, and it was just like, all right, okay. So then I spoke to companies going, how do you be an agent? Yeah. And then um, it just went on from that kind of thing. It's not something I do very much of now. I really just do it for my own label and a few selected friends' bands and things like okay. that, you know. Okay. Um, just spending time doing other things now more than anything. Yeah. So, so um, of course, for those that don't know, um, your brother, Andy, with The Crawling. Yes. Um, when did The Crawling sign up with you? Um, I think whenever they, after they released their first um, promo, Choking on Concrete. Right. I'm trying to remember now. Yeah. Um, and is there listening now going, come on, Paige, you should know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I probably should. I mean, ultimately, um, I would have a similar taste music on occasions, you know. Yes, so, okay. um So I knew that anything he turned his hand to that would be right up my street kind of thing, as the crawling is kind yes. of thing. Um yeah, and I, I know Andrew's work ethic. Yes. <laughs> so it's just like, I, yeah. <laughs> no problem. Or you're the younger sibling, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, okay. Big brother. Yes, you know, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, th I think I helped them a wee bit with the with the demo in terms of pressing it and things like that, yeah. you know. Um, 
But yeah, I think it was after that. It was just like, yeah, okay, mm. you know. Maybe. And you've watched them grow steadily. They've, I'd yeah, say this yeah. year has been their best year ever. Well, 2019. Yeah, um, it's kind of, time's coming so quickly now. It all blurs into yeah. one. But you know, they're they're very very consistent, mm. and that's the big thing. Like you and know, professional, and, and you know, yeah, anybody's the be, be a tough act to follow at the moment. Like yes, they you are. Know? Yeah. So um, and they've toured yeah. the length and breadth of the country mm-hmm. and UK as well. Man, it, it's a it's, a, it's another big year from you know yeah no yeah. It, it, it's looking that way you know yeah, from what they have in the pipeline it's just like yeah they seem to outdo themselves every year yeah you know so you can kind of just be guaranteed that this year will be bigger than next year and 2021 will probably be bigger than 2020 for them as well you know yeah. is it hard then for you to hold on to we'll say a band as a record label owner we'll say do you know yeah I mean I'm sure it has there's ex- well, you can my, give a lot of examples um, my label is limitations, kind of thing. Course, you know, yeah. it, it's not a full time job. It's right. um, something I enjoy doing, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And it was described um, an act that used to be signed to me, and then after they left the label, and they got interviewed about Grind Scene Records, and they mentioned that um, it's a great gateway label. Okay, and I think they've summed it up yes. beautifully. Quite yeah. frankly, you know, I'd yeah. be, um, yeah, it's it's literally it's it serves well for bands that who are looking for a label um, as a stepping stone to yes. something greater kind yeah. of thing because say there's only so much that I can offer because it's a small label with limited resources yeah. you know so I can't afford to invest thousands in recording and artwork and tours and things yeah. you know it's uh, like I just I couldn't afford yeah, that exactly yeah you know so um, so yeah that's yeah, cool so there's, sad, there's sadly there's bands that, that um, do leave the label kind of thing you know I mean I put out uh two albums for basement torture killings kind of thing right and ultimately they've got much much bigger kind yeah. of thing you know yeah. and they've now got other offers and the, um, i imagine they'll be taking one for their next album kind of thing yeah. you know so yes uh, i mean yeah. it's it's nice um nice to kind of know that you've set a lot of those bands underway you know yeah and then i've got of course um, like you'd have their back catalog of stuff well, that you have with you this and is that sells and really well I with, with, yeah and with a lot of the bands that um I've gained a lot of very um, great friends out of them kind of yeah. thing. So a lot of the bands I've worked with previously know that if they do need a hand to put something out, they find themselves without a label, that um, Grind Scene Records will be there to, yeah. to help them kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. So um, And what about, um, were you ever involved in the, did you ever go down the route of uh, fanzines or tape trading? Um, tape trading, I think, with the likes of the tape trading thing, that kind of stopped just as I was probably about 16, 17. Yeah. Um, I would have traded a few tapes with a few people kind of yeah. thing and it was class and really liked it yeah. and by the time I got into it it was like this is class um, <laughs> and then CDs then it all stopped <laughs> <laughs> it was just like alright you no, know. the and, reason why I brought that up was um, obviously because of the Crawlings cassette uh-huh. <laughs> you were behind that well, uh, that was uh, Andrew and I would um, chat a lot about bands kind of thing yeah. you know uh, I can't really remember where the tape thing came from to be honest with you but uh, yeah but it was uh <laughs> That uh, was it was a, a cool move there. It's like you I think know. he moved them all. Yeah, he moved them all. Yeah, the, the promo he shot for it was hilarious. Yes, <laughs> you know, and again, yeah, the their their videos are excellent. Like, you know, they're very entertaining more than anything else. You know, it's Strangler aren't doing too bad either. Hi, <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> I suppose 2018 really was a big year, which was the US tour, and yes, that's whenever. I'm terrible with dates. Whenever we released uh, the Dark Triad, our yes, that's that, yeah, MCD, yeah. and then went to the States, and was that the same year we went to Spain as well? 
I played uh, Decimation Fest. I can't was remember. that in Bilbao, was it? Um, no, it was in Madrid. So it was oh, right, uh, okay. Bilbao was just in October past then. Oh, okay. So it was. Yeah, I knew you. You know, so um, yeah, no, 2018 was great. Um, I say we got to release the CD, the the MCD, and then we got to go to the States, which was phenomenal. Any, any, like, any man's dream. Yeah, okay, know, it was great. Fair. Like, you know, I mean, it was like, I think it was 13 days we were out there in total kind of thing, you know. And how did that um, come to pass? Um, hmm. There's a friend of ours, a booker, and we went through um, Dead Haggis, and uh, he just phoned me one day. It was just like, do you just want to do the States? It was just like, yeah, and he goes, right, well, okay. Right. So then we got offered the Las Vegas Death Fest, um, so that was like the pinnacle, which we were always going to do, and then it was just um, a case of, right, well, we'll build on that, and mm. our friend Paul was just like, right, okay, so he pieced the rest of it together for us. Brilliant. We flew out there and loaded into a camper van for a fortnight. And yeah, yeah, I saw the footage and the YouTube. It's, yeah. it's in, it's which video is that? Uh, Den of Inequity. Yes, yes, yes. I think we did 4,000 miles or something like that in 11 days or something. Yeah. So, I came across ye when um, when I was down in the siege, and it was 2018, because a lot of people were talking about the fact that you were out in America. Oh, really? You know, yeah. Okay, that's good to know. I was just going, Jesus Christ, this is really cool, you know? Uh-huh. And I checked you out and... You know, it's fantastic to see you putting the money in. Like, if you're out in America, yeah. why not get <laughs> yeah, a video yeah, yeah. out of it and a few other things, you know? No, that's it. You know? You know, and that was the thing. It was uh, Obscenery Films did the video because that was the guy that was um, putting the whole thing together for us, you right. know? So, um, yeah, it, it, it all went remarkably well, kind of thing, because at the time it was just like, shit, What's this going good. on in your head? Like, you're out in the middle of the desert and, you know? I, th- I think that's exactly what was going through my head. It was just like, how the, how the fuck did this happen? I mean... <laughs> One minute you're in a practice hall trying to find a guitarist, the next thing you know you're standing on a what's actually a Breaking Bad location. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. It's New Mexico. I thought it was yeah, filmed in. Yeah. I think it's the first cook spot from ah, Breaking okay. Bad, and cool. you find yourself standing there with a camper van and a group of guys. Um, impaled offering was the band we played with out in Albuquerque. Okay. And they very uh, check them out. They're brilliant. So they are. Right. Um, and they very kindly uh, lent us all their gear, so we oh, drove right, the camper okay. van in the middle of the desert, and then two pickup trucks pull up as well and start unloading backlines and building the backline in the Jesus desert. It was Christ. just this is insane, amazing. And did you have to mime through it, or did yeah. you? Yeah, okay. yeah. That felt weird, I bet you did it. Yeah, it's always quite peculiar doing videos like that, you know, and <laughs> having the. Yeah, mime. It's a Isn't it much better to be miming in a desert than a, a factory floor or a well, warehouse? Well, this is it, you know. Um, but fuck, it was warm. <laughs> and it was very, very windy. You know, trying to windmill when it's windy, it's just like, nah, this is... Spitting out a lot of hair as well. Yeah, in the video. you know, so... Uh, no, how sure, long did the shoot take? Anywhere between two and three hours, I would okay. have thought, you know. We're lashing on the sun cream. Yeah, yeah, well, that was it because... Uh, and then stupid things like, you know, we're running the music off like a iPhone and what have you because of the heat. The iPhone kept shutting down and things like that if you left it out in the sun, you know. So, Classic. Yeah, whilst everything was being run off the generator in a camper van, so... Jesus. No, it was, it was a good experience. And um, so you, you played that LA... Was it Death Fest, is it? Uh, the Las Vegas Death Fest. Yeah, well, any major bands on that? that um, who was on that? Uh, Dying Fetus played it that year. Cephalic Carnage. Uh, Embalmer. Defeated Sanity. Um, and so, I mean, that's serious lineup, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Irish lads over there giving it hell. Brilliant. Aye, uh, you know. It's fantastic. So, yeah. And, like, have you maintained any contacts since then? Uh, the we'd, we'd, we'd be very friendly with the ones that we met um, some really cool guys especially out in Texas kind of thing you right, know okay. so we'd still be in contact with them yeah. kind of thing you know and they were the ones that 
um, put on the Amarillo show. Okay. You know, so um, yeah, we stay in contact with them, kind of yeah. thing. You know, any they, future plans to get back out there? Um, we hope to. Right. You know, um, it's just trying to. Yeah, it's just you know yourself trying to get, just trying to plan everything. Yeah. Um, can be quite difficult in a case. Well as that, so, I'd say it's not cheap either. No, and especially yeah. with when you we were coming back, um, that we'd have our album to do, kind mm. of thing. So we spent last year fine tuning the album, kind of thing, um, in the hope to record this year. Yeah. You know, um, so there's a lot of outlay for that. You know, as I'm sure you know yourself, it's not just a studio there's you know studio videos merchandise pressing artwork yeah Yeah. everything you know so um yeah but hopefully maybe not this year hopefully next year you know we'll get out there again um and new recordings for stranglebury demoing or where are you with it yes we've actually a wee studio booked um next month to demo the album the album's written and is it really yeah and it's now just ready to um iron out all the creases kind of thing you know okay. which is what we'll be doing in february very good and then the plan is to record in the summer okay how many tracks uh eight eight tracks yep nice is it more or less the same again or have you kind of tried something um, new in it you don't you need to give too much away but yeah i'm trying to think because the the songs of um the single which were the first tv wrote which was the games they play and narcissist kind of thing and then mm-hmm. we put those onto the dark triad okay. as well because despite what people think people don't buy as many seven inch vinyls as they say they do okay <laughs> so we put it out in seven inch and ultimately people wanted it in cd yeah um and then around that time the other three songs that were written were psychopathic blue three of black lens and although den of iniquity was further down the line mm-hmm. you know so there's definitely gonna have been there's definitely been progression since those songs kind of thing right. you know um it's hard for me to step back from it yeah, entirely to see kind yeah, of yeah, people yeah, could yeah. hear it and go that's totally different to what you were doing and I'd be going really? kind yes, of thing you know yeah, but if yeah, I yeah. say oh this is entirely different to what yeah. we're usually doing people are going to listen to it and go I think you'll find that's the same <laughs> you know so uh, that's brilliant and of course um, just want to say as well that you got the credit for naming The Crawling yes yeah I, that was uh, how did that come about? Uh, it was actually again in Zombified we wrote a we did, we had a song written and it was a uh, it was, it was a very heavy doomy one kind of thing, you know, as yeah. it started kind of thing, and it was called The Crawling at the time, mm. you know, and the song ended up being scrapped. Okay. Um, and I remember chatting down at the time about that song, and I think he liked the name, and I said, well, the whole song's gone anyway, like, so if you want to do anything with the name, feel feel free. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah. It worked out like that. And that's where it came so from. So what was it like kind of growing up in the Clark household? Was there metal blasting the whole time? Okay, well, I mean, as far as I can remember, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, How much of an age difference? Uh, there's five years between Five years, yeah. So, yeah, would you have been listening to Andy's stuff more so? You had more access back then, Yeah, probably. I mean, um, big brother syndrome kind of thing. You know, yeah. we live in the same house, and when he starts listening to something, you know, you end up listening to it, and all of a sudden it's, who's that? And that's Faith No More. Oh, that's really cool. Who's that? Metallic. Oh, that's really good, you know, yeah. and so on. You know, there was certainly, it took me a while to catch up whenever the death metal stuff started coming into the house, whenever... <laughs> I'm sure I was about <laughs> 10 at the time. Oh, really? Maybe, yeah. yeah, and he was maybe 15, Jesus. 16. And he said, what do you think of this? That, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it probably wasn't until I was in around probably about 15 where I started going, oh, actually, that, that's actually really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Um, and what was the scene itself like back back then, you know? Had you much kind of... I mean, the, whenever I started playing live kind of thing, I think I was... It was 1998, so I think I just probably turned 17 at the time, okay. kind of thing. Um, so you had the Rosetta Bar, which is where every band played, kind of thing, and that was literally about it. Now, again, obviously, with no 
MySpace at the time or Facebook or anything yeah. like that kind of thing. In fact, at that point, I don't even think we would have had, uh, don't think I had an email address kind of thing, you know. So it was hard to find out where to play, yeah. you know. So my first band was 17. I think we did our 13 gigs in the Rosetta. <laughs> and, that was, and that was the height of Avatar's <laughs> career kind of thing, you know, spanning yeah. over nine months, I think, you know. Um, there was the venue Rock Club, which had a room out the back, which was actually up until recently what the Warzone Centre was. Okay. Uh, and they dabbled and started putting on bands in the back room on mm. Saturday nights kind of thing every now and again right. Abattoir played one in there so okay. we did Brave Free from the Rosetta once <laughs> at the last gig before we split up was in the venue actually it was jammed was yeah and, uh, <laughs> so yeah so everyone just played the Rosetta but to be fair it was, the Rosetta was a great shaped room and there was a brilliant PA and a great stage yeah. so when you got a good crowd in it it was excellent I mean mm. You know, I think um, Andrew's old band, Honey for Christ, Nile and what have you, would have played in there. Okay. And was Honey for Christ supported them. And did you then join Condemned, is it, after that? or? Yeah, um, I think after Abattoir, the drummer left, which was kind of why that um, disbanded. Okay. So we put a new band together called Devard. Um, I think we were together for about eight or nine gigs, and we played a gig in Katie's with Condemned. Okay. I'd known of Condemned before, right. because the old singer used to play guitar in Andy's previous band uh, HFC okay. and he used to sing for Condemned so I'd seen them when I was about 16 Yeah, and then DeVard ended up playing with them um, in Katie's and they were looking for a singer at the time to throw out flyers and what have you and right. DeVard was going well at the time but there was a couple people said I What kind of style was that? Uh, DeVard was just death metal Death so metal, was, okay yeah. and were you concentrating on vocals the whole time? Yeah, <laughs> aye, it's really the only thing I can do <laughs> <laughs> You, know, you do it well Just about um, So yeah, so we played with Condemned they were looking for a singer and then um, the guitarist uh, at the time left Devard kind of thing and I think the drummer quit as well if memory serves me correctly okay. so it's just like oh fuck it I was going to phone that guy Steve and see if these guys are looking for a singer yeah. so I did phone them and then two weeks later I was in a practice hall with them right. and that was being condemned for about well up until um, when the hiatus kind of thing yeah and then, then into Zombified then uh, yeah I was I joined Zombified whilst Condemned was still going oh right okay and then whenever the guitarist good friend of mine Steve um, who was who wrote all the stuff he'd been in Condemned for like 20 years or something like that right. Jesus where did that length of time I, yeah. they formed in 96 or something wow, like that wow okay um, so whenever he quit it was just like this won't be the same band and there's no bad blood or anything like that, which would be good yeah, yeah. Like, this won't be the same band he's the condemned sound ultimately kind of thing so we'll yeah. do something else so that just left me in zombified and then the remaining members of condemned put the obscene machine together oh right okay and then we did that and the scene back then was I suppose it was getting more popular really wasn't it but yeah you could um, kind of chart that metal kind of really um, through the American bands you know and mm. the influences they had which which probably UK bands and Irish bands as well like was there any of those bands hitting Ireland can you remember think, um Condemns hmm. trying to think That's who even we would have played with. Desecration would have been okay. one, you know, because they're still wars of the UK scene, yeah. like you know, yeah. phenomenal band too. Um, so you've seen them come over every now and again. Carcass or any of those? Um, Carcass, I think, would have been before my time. I okay. know that they played their Zeta with maybe Macabre or something like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, that I think I would have been about. God, I can't, I couldn't even hazard a guess. So that was definitely yeah. before my time. Before yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of those bands played their Z yeah. and stuff. Then would you be going down to Dublin much to see bands more so than Northern Ireland? Or? 
Um, yeah, certainly some of the big ones. I haven't done in a while, mind you, sadly. Um, although, having said that, with cattle decapitation just being announced, <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely be down at that. <laughs> um, I was down at Behemoth at the start of the year. Um, sadly, with my job kind of thing, which has changed quite recently, I don't get as much time. The evenings aren't my own kind of yep. thing, because okay. um, years ago would have... Uh, yes, been down a lot more frequently, kind of thing. Were you at King John's Castle then for Ben Metro and No, Monomark? sadly not. Okay. And I was raging because we'd seen it was Behemoth did play without the gates in February, wasn't it? Yes, last that's year? right. Yeah. Uh, you're right. So that's that, the one you went to. Okay, unbelievable. I thought brilliant. I can't wait for this. And the night it was on, it was like, oh, say so changing jobs and things. It was like, yeah. I can't make that. That's, <laughs> that's you know. Shame, and I thought I'll see them next time, which was at the weekend there or during the week there with. Slipknot and what have you. All right, we had that. No, it wasn't because it was on a similar night. It was just like, (laughs) right. It's incredible that they're um, supporting Slipknot now, isn't it? I mean, they're just a band that are just going. They've played and they've been at it a long time, you know. Yeah, Yeah, Nurgle is a beast, though. You can see it. Like, he's just like, he's he's not. He's savvy. Like, he's got all the. Yeah, he's. uh, He looks like a. An entrepreneur who is also into his death metal kind of thing. Yes. I mean, he's, he's not, he's far above average. Like. So, with the advent then of the Distortion Project in Belfast to attract more bands in, and you um, know, whenever it started, yeah. Um, another thing, because I remember whenever the, I remember whenever the DP started, I think it was just like pretty much a metal night and Antiani's yeah. kind of thing, um, which was kind of cool, but those things kind of came and went. It was whenever they started the bands in Katie Daly's when all of a sudden. Oh, it rocked. There was, well there, yeah, there was well, somewhere yeah. else to play in the centre of town. Yeah. There wasn't the Rosetta Bar kind of thing. Um, and it was weird because actually looking back before that, I'm trying to think where I saw bands, probably the Rosetta. And that was really about it kind mm-hmm. of thing. So to be able to go down every Saturday and all of a sudden see up to a dozen bands a month yeah, kind of thing, yeah. it was just like, okay. And I think it was, it might have been £2 in at that point. Right. I think it started at one and was over at four or something like you yeah. know um, and it was class because you just had to get the bus in pay a quid have a couple of pints and then go home kind of thing you yeah. do the whole afternoon yeah. like 20 quid you know um, and the whole, a whole scene came up around it mm-hmm. you know and you know? some fantastic bands as well and then I think it was more the maybe international certainly national ones we would come during the week and they'd put on gigs and Auntie Annie's and so on kind of thing I mean um, yeah and that's where because Condemn would have played some of the DP shows the likes with um I'm trying to think it would have been Origin. Right. And I can't even remember Vomitory and things like that that we'd have played Auntie Annie's, you know. So, okay. yeah, without a doubt, I mean, the Distortion Project did bring. Um, it brought a lot of bands up from the South as well. Yeah, it certainly did. You know? You know? Um, how do you find getting gigs down the South, actually? Um, like, do you have to. Con- do you know the promoters or do you constantly have to be checking out social um, media to find out? Is there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know years ago there was certain people that we always would have gone to kind of thing, you know. Okay. Um, as now, I don't think... I mean, the last one we last time we put a gig on in Dublin, um, I can't remember if it was a lack of available venues or a lack of promoters or just promoters not being able to book us because they were busy kind of thing. Okay. But we ended up running our own show in Thomas House with... We brought Helvetica over from oh, Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah, and I just had to run it myself, which yeah. wasn't really something I particularly wanted to do because it was just like, huh. yeah, it's you know, strange when come um, down and, and do it yourself. Yeah. yeah um, how did how did that gig turn out? Did it, was oh, there it actually turned out? I mean, I would say it was success. I mean, there was decent amount of payers, kind of thing, and all yeah. the costs got covered, and okay. I gave the band a few quid. So for yeah. me, it was an absolute result, kind yes. of thing. You know, yeah. just um, yeah. Say, so I think whenever in the transition between in my previous band and Strangle Wire, there was probably about. 
a year in between leaving one forming the other and then actually playing kind of thing right. all the people that I knew just weren't doing it anymore yeah. you know um, the recent ones we did uh, a show we headlined what was it you know, one of the Bloodstock Heats through Oren alright yeah yeah um, to the masses, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it was brilliant, like you know, yeah. and, it, and it was great. It was brilliant for him to put us on, like you know, <laughs> it was just like, and it was a really, really good show. And you were on the siege as well, were you? No, no, we haven't played the siege, haven't you? Okay, did you play Limerick at all? We we're down in Limerick before, I think, with Zombified, and okay. I think we played down there with with Desecration, right? And Fetal Juice and the Crawling, okay. And but it was, it might yeah. have been Dolan's probably, was it? Or there's another awful with names that's a classic um, what about Cork and names <laughs> uh, uh, you, you just go through the bars and I'll just say yes you know because uh, I will pronounce them I, I won't pronounce them <laughs> I'll just make noises and things so you're a band from Northern Ireland and you're driving around Cork City and you're looking for the, the Krushkin lawn yeah that's exactly how I pronounced it as well by the way and then the Spalpin Fawnock that's yes <laughs> that one as well <laughs> Well, yeah, the Krushkin is is long gone now, unfortunately. But, I love uh, that venue. Yeah, you know, it was a great man. I never pronounced the name, but I loved it. it was, yeah, um, the amount of bands that came through there. Man of Mart mm-hmm. they're like, for God's sake, you know. Flip me. You know, so I'll yeah. just tell you. Um, uh, the Spalpin Fawnock is still going. Uh-huh. You'll be glad to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, yeah, Andy is down there with the crawling for Urban Assault, actually. Mm-hmm. And there's a new venue as well, Cypress Avenue. Mm-hmm. So the Monolith Festival will be on there. Right. Have you heard about the Monolith Festival? I have. Yes. I think. Are the Crawling playing that? Uh, the Crawling are playing that as yeah. well, correct. Uh, yeah. yeah. You might actually be down for that, will you? Sorry. Uh, are Cancer playing that as well? Yes, correct. Yes. I'd like to get down for it. I'll see if I can blag a lift somehow. Right. You know, um, Cypress Avenue. Yeah, because I think I've been in that venue before. I said, I think. Yeah, that's right. It was, you you uh, played it when it was... on the Obscene Machine and stuff like that, I think, played down there. In the old part of it, uh, there was a lot of gigs on there, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, now it's um, it's like the Academy now in Dublin. Really? Yeah, it really is. It's fabulous. Wow. And it was class beforehand, I yeah. thought. I thought it was like... So there, there's one for you there now, Monolith in August. Mm-hmm. Would you run a stall for the crawling as well, for Andy? And, you know? um, oh, if there's ways for me to help out kind of thing, if the, especially with some of the local gigs kind of thing. Um, I've done the stall for them, you know, but right. um, it really depends if they need help, kind of, th- if they need help. And yeah, I mean, your merch, thing. Stranglewire's merch is incredible, you know. Yeah, so who's, who's behind that? The art, is there, um, do you change around the or? artwork for the Stranglewire stuff? I'm trying to think what we'll have at the minute. Um, Narcissism t shirt uh, was done by a friend of mine called Jason Henry. Okay. So he and he did the artwork for the seven inch as well. Right. Whenever we did the dark triad, the front photo was done by Exposing Shadows Photography. Okay. Um, and then the guy I know Tom Bradfield from Grind Ethic Records he would have done all our graphic design kind of things so he pulled everything together for us wow. and did an outstanding job yes, of it absolutely. Um, and then he would have designed the Dark Triad and the Narciss t-shirt Okay. then the logo one to be fair I think he did the logo one for us as well Yeah. Um, like if you look at a band and you look at their merchandising and you see for example years you know straight away you're going yeah these lads know what they're doing you know no well that's good it comes across that way yeah you know? <laughs> yeah seriously yeah it does and and as well as that like you can see again um with elder drood and the crawling um fans up here seem to have their heads screwed on in fairness and it's a huge scene like and that's another reason why i was up to belfast like because i really wanted to get up there and check out the scene mm-hmm. and uh it's just really impressed you know, mm-hmm. the way it is but uh, like if we if we can get better communication be great get some more tours up and down you know yeah certainly I suppose is it 
expensive enough for you kind of to get down um, south? Like, what are you looking kind of petrol no, I mean, money and say if you had to play Dublin now, for example, what what would you be looking? Well, I mean, at? you're for us. I'm trying to think now. I don't know thirty quid petrol money will okay. get you up and down the road. You know, mm-hmm. um, you can you can do things on a shoestring if you know what I mean. You know, right. so playing over here is not a massive issue. I mean. On more than one occasion, we've gone down and played Cork and driven back the same night. I'm sure we've done that two or three times, yeah. kind of thing, you know. Mm. And just to try to save a wee bit of money, but it's usually just because someone has something to do the next day and they have to okay. be, yeah. you know, have their shit together by the afternoon. So it's just like, fuck it, we'll go down, we'll play, we'll stay for an hour, and then we'll drive back up the road, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. the bigger obstacles are whenever you're playing the mainland, and before you do anything, you've got a 500 pound boat. Yes, or five hundred pounds worth of flights to buy, or something like okay. that. That's when it starts. Yes, because of course, being on an island never helps. Yeah. How does that? That actually probably would affect you as well with the with the record company. Um, more than anything, because if if you work with bands and then you would like to get them over, kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, it's like <laughs> it costs a lot to get them over, yeah. kind of thing. So that's why it usually ends up as part of a tour with the likes of basement torture killings and fetal juice and things like that. You know, any time they've come over, um. It's been part of a tour which my previous bands have been on on occasions, you know, and Strangle Wire as well, kind of yeah. thing, you know. But it it, it is expensive, you mm-hmm. know. It's a cost that you don't have when you're traveling up and down England, Scotland, Wales, kind of thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So of course, like you've, would you bring a backline with you as well? No, if we haven't had to do that so far, kind right. of thing. And and to be fair, even when we're playing around Ireland, we never had to bring a backline unless it's obviously it's a Belfast show. Yeah, or what about like festivals? Over here or? No, um, we'd say the Bilbao one now. No, everything, everything was supplied. In fact, but um, the guys at Bilbao Fest took really good care of us. Okay. You know, I mean, they supplied, in fact, they supplied heads, backline, everything. Really? Yeah, they were really good to us. Um, and yeah, really class festival. Really, yeah. really good fun. And um, was that a death metal festival predominantly? Was yeah, it? Yeah, it's um, see because the stalls were outside, and I was doing the stall pretty much the entire weekend. <laughs> oh, I saw very little. You should ask the rest of my band if they can remember. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it was a uh, master headlined it. Oh, master! That, you know. Wow, class! Yeah, and then you had uh, Wardamized over from Belfast. Well, they'd be kind of grindy stuff. Okay, you know, and mutually the judge and the two of the guys from them are the ones that run the festival. Right. You know, and they'd be extreme deathy grind stuff as well yeah, you know yeah, so yeah. Uh, but like you were able to check out Master I presume yeah you were able to watch I saw a wee bit yeah yeah cool. had to go back out and do this thought <laughs> <laughs> there's always someone in there yeah your current um, job mine scenery uh, yes mine scenery yeah counselling yes do you want to talk about that yeah um, probably about um, I'm trying to think now about seven or eight years ago kind of thing uh, I was just bored with I was a PA kind of thing for years and I was just right. bored of it kind of thing and didn't find it particularly satisfying so I just wanted a job with a bit more job satisfaction and a wee bit more purpose to it kind right. of thing you know so uh, yeah spent one or two years just looking about and then stumbled upon counselling and I just kind of thought ah that, that kind of appeals to me and yeah I did an intro course to see what it would like and then went on to do a full qualification so I could practice and then How many years did that take? Um Originally, I was qualified after three years. Right, okay. And then I decided to go on and study for a further two, and then another one, and then another one, <laughs> and then it's a bit addicted to it now in terms yeah. of the, the studying aspect of it kind right. of thing, you know. So I took a year out this year and trying to transition from um, the PA kind of thing and 
starting up a private practice and so on you yeah. know so uh no it's, it's been going very well and uh, you know as, as far as facebook is concerned as well you know there's been a massive support from my friends in the metal community yeah. kind of thing of people sharing pages and liking the page and everything mm. you know so um yeah it's uh it's good it's it's just, I, and I, it's a, I enjoy it and it's an important service for people yeah well especially in this day and age you yes. know it's um there's yeah a lot the, of, there's the a lot of darkness out there there certainly is yeah but yeah, I, I, I do enjoy it. Yes, you know, it's great to be able to give back as well. Like, I mean, it takes a lot for someone to go into that profession, counselling, you know, because you are dealing with it and helping with, I suppose, huge problems for people. Yeah, you, you know, you, and you certainly hear a lot of stories, yeah. you know, um, mm. from people. And yes, there's definitely some people have not had an easy time of it, and that's yeah. putting it lightly. Yeah, that's, thing, and, you, know. you know, absolute respect for you to, uh, to go down that route. Yeah, and I you. wish you nothing but success. Thank you. With that, the label you're happy enough to keep the, it going. Yep, the label is uh, is still there. The next strangle bar will be going out on it. Cool. Um, yeah, and I say just as probably my own circumstances change, kind of thing, I'll be putting more time into it. But yeah, yeah, at the minute the the priority would be the strangle bar. Have you any tours coming up? Um, it's a real pity this interview wasn't happening in about a month later, kind of thing. There's, okay. There's um. There's several irons in the fire at the minute. You know, we have in April we are going over and doing two mainland shows with our friends and lost brethren. Okay. Um, one in Stamford and one in London. The one in London's uh, uh, extreme noise terror on the bill as well. Oh, class! Yeah. Um, so we have those two. Um, couple of local shows coming up. Um, there will be bigger things coming in the year. Yeah. You know, we're just waiting for um things to be confirmed. Mm-hmm. kind of thing you know so with a, say with a few irons in the fire we just don't have anything um, set in stone yet so yeah. so that's it really Pete um, you have a lot going on you have a lot uh, going on man enough yeah and uh, just wish you continued success really in all your ventures thank you very much and, and to you as well and thanks for taking time to come on the show well thanks very much for inviting me I really appreciate it yeah. enjoyed that <laughs> cheers alright over and out <laughs>